scriptural. Take care of mama. <laughs> Take care of mama. It's scriptural. Okay, last week we uh, looked at really a salvation message from Acts chapter 13, which pointed directly to forgiveness. And I, I, I want to cringe a little bit, and I feel like maybe people want to cringe when you hear that word, oh, no, Mother's Day and forgiveness. You know, it's really one of the biggest strongholds that we as families, that we as people hold on to. And I want to encourage you to don't check out on me. Check in. This is not going to be where we're focusing on what people have done wrong to us, but focusing on our own heart. Because I can tell you that if we will take care of our own heart, our ability to move forward, our ability to have breakthrough is so much greater. So today is about you. Today is about you getting healthy, getting strong, and having victory. I believe if we can break unforgiveness, we will have victory like we've never had before. In our relationships, in our family, in our community, in our nation, in our finances, I believe that forgiveness is connected and we can see that when we receive Christ, everyone who believes in him is made right with God. But if you go back, um, let's see, where does it, do I need to go one further scripture? We are here to proclaim that through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. What we looked at last week is being able to accept that God has forgiven you. The stuff we've walked through, the things that we carry, this past that seems to linger behind us, if you have received really Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe, your life reflects the fact that you believe. There are things that I say I believe in, but my life don't, doesn't reflect it. Amen? Anybody ever here said that you believe in Weight Watchers, but you don't quite do Weight Watchers? I believe in Weight Watchers. It works. Or it's worked for me. But I have said things that I believe, but my life doesn't reflect that belief. If your life reflects a belief in Christ, your sins are forgiven. Done. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how you feel about them. They have been paid for. Father God sent his son for you, paid an incredible price so that you would not have to hold on to that forever. It's not based on your feeling. Pastor, I still feel. I'm sorry. Praise God, the cross is not um, controlled by your feelings. Wouldn't that be sad? It's not. It's done. When I start walking a walk with Christ, not perfect. I'm not perfect. I think Riley said that um, God... God's there for those that are kind of bad. <laughs> How better could it be put? Can I put it a little bit further? That are bad. Really bad. Doesn't matter how you rank. If you think you rank on a system, just go to bad. That's me. I have sinned. It labeled me as bad. Jesus wiped it out. Everyone who believes is made right with God. That whole system is wiped out. I have and am the righteousness of Christ. Not based on me and what I've done, based on him and what he did. So, as we move forward, the starting point of belief changed that we genuinely receive forgiveness. Forgiveness for ourselves. If you can't get past that, the next steps are going to be very hard. 
realizing his thoughts about us, then we can really forgive. Matthew chapter 10 verse 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. And I believe what that means, and it has so much meaning, but I believe one of the main meanings is when you can really, really receive forgiveness, you can really give forgiveness. Until you really receive forgiveness, I believe you're going to struggle giving forgiveness forever. Those things just go hand in hand. Freely we have received, now freely give. Many forgive unfreely with a hook in it. They make it known, and then they don't really let go. I believe that goes back to our heart. Now, I want to ask you, we go through life sometimes getting promoted, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes we fail tests along the way that keep us from being promoted. If someone has hurt you, there is no reason for you to spend the next time in pain with that hurt. Because you're the one that winds up spending in pain, not the other person. Why live a life in pain and turmoil? So I want to encourage you today, we're going to look to find forgiveness. And to find forgiveness, I believe you have to remove unforgiveness. There's no reason to hang on to an offense because most likely that other person's not even thinking about you. But you wind up dwelling on the incident for years, and the only person that's hurt is you. Well, I don't like being hurt. When you forgive someone, you are helping yourself. When you forgive someone, you're helping yourself. And to understand this better, we're going to look at six ways to detect whether or not you may be carrying unforgiveness in your own heart. It's kind of a do-it-yourself DIY um, from Scripture on how to identify what my issues are. And I believe if we can identify these things and clean them out, I believe promotion is in our future. Amen? And, uh, number one, let's just start there. and we'll, I'm going to take off. Oops. Mikey, can you go? There we go. Forgiveness, unforgiveness, always keeps score. Unforgiveness always keeps score. In Luke 15, 29, Mikey, can you go to that one? I'm just going to let you have it. I've disconnected up here. Luke 15, 29. The elder brother of the prodigal son said, look, these many years I have served you. Look what I have done. Um, Peter came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive that guy? How many? I've done this already so many times. How many times do I have to do it? Unforgiveness is always keeping the score. I want to encourage you just for a minute. Think about yourself, not about that family member that you're about to sit down to dinner with. Ouch. I could feel that go over this body right then. <laughs> Think about you. Do you keep score? Unforgiveness is always looking for the score, but 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love takes no account. Love keeps no record of wrong. 
it doesn't count up the evil done to it. So I'm going to give a little bit of a testimony. Um, two weeks ago, uh, Elizabeth mentioned that we're, we were, uh, went, went through Mary Poppins. Well, Carl, wave your hand up to everybody. Guys, this is Carl. If y'all don't know, Carl's doing all the cooking for the Wednesday night meals. Everybody give him a big round of applause. Amen. Another thing is Carl hates any recognition, so a lot of unforgiveness is going to have to happen. Not happen. Un- uh, forgiveness has got to happen right here. But I was, I, Carl and I, along with the, my brother-in-law and another friend, were flying the kids in Mary Poppins. We were the ones pulling the ropes, hooking them into chains, literally care, ha, hanging upside down across the stage, trying not to kill, kill a high school student. Literally. I'm not kidding. Dangling in the top. But we were meeting this week, that week over uh, Wednesday night meals and over flying the kids and trying to get our heads together. And as we're sitting there, I bet I had two or three people walk into the restaurant we were in that I could remember they had done something wrong to me. And I, like a good pastor and a good Christian, shared it. First thing I did was introduce him to them and then say, hey, let me tell you something about them. And to be honest with you, didn't think anything about it. But the Lord led me here last week to Acts chapter 13. And as he led me through that and through my own forgiveness and then started leading me toward how to make sure I'm not holding unforgiveness, I started thinking about the conversation that I had with him. And how, no, I'm not walking around thinking about what these people have done, but, but the second they came into my periphery, the second they came into my crosshairs, I remembered and I started sharing. And it started stirring in my heart again how much that hurt and I didn't like it. And to be honest with you, I wanted to lean over and I don't like them. But out of my mouth was coming, but I do love them. But there was still something hanging there. And I called Carl back and I said, number one, I shouldn't have shared it with you. Number two, I believe there's something in my heart that I need to deal with. And just to confess to each other and just to come clean, we didn't, ha- we, we didn't get down on our knees and lay hands on each other and have a kumbaya moment. But just discussing with one another and sharing each other's heart, which we do, which you should do at dinner. It's what we're trying to do on Wednesday nights is people just get together and share. But that's what happened is the Lord revealed my heart while I'm sitting with a friend at lunch. And I believe that's the grace of God saying you're holding a little bit of something here. And if you'll let me have that, it's going to be better. Do you see that? I, I believe that we all carry a little bit of it. So pay attention. The Lord's trying to show you. He's trying to force this stuff that needs out of you out. Not to hurt you, but to fill you with love. To fill you with breakthrough. To fill you with joy. The funny thing is, these people that came to my mind, I love them. They love me. They do so much for me and for the church. It's not anybody here. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. But it's real. Number two, um, for unforgiveness always boasts of its own record. Again, Luke 15, 29. He said, these many years, this is the same older brother of the prodigal said, I have done nothing wrong. 
those that are holding unforgiveness typically will see the wrong in others and not the wrong in themselves. You're so filtered by what people have done to you that you cannot see what you've done. It's why the Lord says, quit looking at the speck in that other person and look at the log in yourself. You've gotten so focused on that speck, you cannot see the obvious in yourself. That's not to hurt you. The Lord's not trying to hurt you, make you say you're bad. No, he's saying, don't focus on that. Focus on you. you got enough problems right here that I can help you with. Let's remove that log. An unforgiving spirit keeps us from God's best. And unforgiveness makes us think that we're good and they're bad. Number three. Unforgiveness always complains. <laughs> I could feel that one. <laughs> oh, there's a great song that we sing. I think it came from Donut Man or who knows where it came from. Do everything without complaining. Do everything without arguing. That's all I can remember. Though y'all didn't hear that, but that was awesome. Way to go. It is scripture. Put it up there for me, Mikey. It's next next slide. Should be. Oh, nope, not that one. Philippians 2.14. There we go. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Did you just see the 180? Stop complaining so that others will stop. God's saying, if you'll shut your mouth about complaining about others, I'll shut their mouth. Anybody listening? Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day Christ returns, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Man, that is one powerful scripture. Stop complaining. I will stop the complaining and I will see to it that your work won't be useless. That makes me want to shout. I hate being useless. I hate doing a job that I feel like is useless. Stop complaining. You never do anything for me. You never do anything for me. This attitude only sees what others aren't doing and doesn't see what they are doing. So, stop complaining. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Y'all just saw this one. Unforgiveness has a martyr syndrome. I do all the work. I do all the work. I don't know if you can think of who this sounds like, but it sounds like Mary and Martha. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha's in there cooking. Doesn't mean that Martha's cooking wasn't good, but the heart, I believe, that there was probably unforgiveness being carried toward Mary. Hidden. She's in there working. Mary's not. Jesus says, Martha, I know you're doing all that cooking, and we're going to eat. It's going to be good, but what's important is here. What's important is here with me. Unforgiveness has a martyr syndrome. Workaholics are very susceptible to this. 
some people who work all the time and don't know how to enjoy their life, they wind up getting jealous when other people are enjoying life. There's, is there someone who aggravates you when you see them having a good time? <laughs> Y'all are funny. Anybody here ever got aggravated when you see good happening? I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you say, okay, maybe I do have something that the Lord can move in my heart. And I want you to know you do. You have room for God to move in your life. You do. And maybe you're holding unforgiveness toward that person. Number five. Unforgiveness always alienates, divides, and separates. When the kids are acting up, maybe you say, your children are behaving like this. Anybody ever say, say that? You say to your spouse, your children? Oh, they got that from you. You ever say that one? Huh? What? I do say that, jokingly, because usually it's my traits that the child is showing. But sarcastically, I say, oh, they got that from you. I'm not holding unforgiveness, though. Maybe a sarcastic spirit's in there somewhere, but divides, separates, alienates. What are you going to do about your son? Those are divisive statements. Maybe you have a co-worker who you stay away from as much as possible, or you have a sibling that you don't talk to much. You know, I'm not saying you got to go call them. I'm not saying you got to go be fake, but you might ask the Lord, am I holding unforgiveness? Am I holding unforgiveness? doesn't mean they have to be your best friend, but why continue separated from your family? Why work in a job environment that you're always trying to run from situations? There's no reason for that. And, you know, you don't have to go confront the person and say, I need to forgive you for eating, for stealing my lunch last week or whatever. Whatever they did at work or in your life. It, I, I bet in your family the thing, if you go back and look at what they did, probably isn't that big of a deal. It's just grown. How many of you know sometimes small things become big when you let them grow? When you let them fester? And if you got back down to the heart of it, the person's heart, probably intention, they probably never even meant it. And if they had an opportunity, they'd probably, they'd probably apologize. But most of the time, you can just say, Lord God, this family member, this worker, this sibling hurt me. And I just once and for all, because of what you did for me, and I am serving you. I ask you to fill my heart with your love. And again, to forgive me of my sin and help me to forgive this person. Really. Really forgive them. It always alienates, divides, and separates. And then finally, number six, unforgiveness is always anxious. I'm sorry, it's always envious and jealous when angry at someone who gets blessed. This is really not a good quality, is when you see someone else get blessed 
bitterness starts forming in your heart. And you hear somebody else is being promoted. Bitterness is, is forming in your heart. I want you to know that the word of God says to pray for one another, but it also says to pray for your enemies. You've really got to deal with you. And if you see something good happen to someone else, the neighbor shows up with a brand new car, and all of a sudden you start thinking about what they do and what kind of heathen they are. And I know you do. I know you do. I've done it. I've done it. Neighbor paves their driveway. Oh, man, they're such jerks. I don't like them at all. We need to pave our driveway. We've got four kids and nowhere to park our kids' cars. And Man, I just don't like my neighbors. That sounds dumb, but it's real. We should have thought through a parking lot when we were having four children. We should have bought a park, a car lot and insurance. Yeah. Oh, Lord, it's so easy to grab hold of bitterness and unforgiveness towards someone. And they did nothing. Maybe they did something, but how many of you have grabbed hold of something that they didn't do anything? I'm telling you, it's like we're Velcro. And tennis balls are being thrown at us, and we don't even realize they've stuck to us. We're walking down the road, and I'm thinking how much I hate my neighbor, but I've never even talked to him. Can I tell you a funny story? I'm going to tell you a funny story about a neighbor. This is from years ago, 20 years ago. I, I lived on the end of a cul-de-sac with another pastor at Washington Avenue, Mark Gall, one of my best friends. Just love him to death. Hated when we moved. But we had a new neighbor come in, and we, me and Mark were the welcoming committee. If you can imagine, we're out there. Kids are riding their little uh, electric cars, and I can't imagine how overwhelming and frustrating it had to have been to see us down there. And here we are just out in the yard just being stupid and kids everywhere. And neighbor comes out and shakes hands. Here we go. We're kind of getting to know him. And he just said, man, I just, the guy says, man, I just can't stand bad Baptist preachers. I mean, out of the blue. He said, I can take just about anybody, but Baptist preachers, I can't take. And I look at Mark, and Mark's a Baptist preacher, and I'm a Baptist preacher, and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> good luck being my neighbor. And you go all around the corner, and that's what he's doing too. And then finally the question is, what do you do? And I'm like, Baptist preacher. <laughs> I'm telling you, it couldn't have been laid out any better. And he ran off into his house, and that was it. <laughs> Neighbors, people you don't even really have much of a relationship with, but you definitely pick up unforgiveness. We do it to our family. We do it to our friends. We have these little things that I don't even know is there. Until I break bread with a brother and we just start talking. We were talking about good stuff. We were sharing the Lord. We were sharing our own experiences. And then the Lord just decided, okay, are you for real or aren't you? Here's this. So I want to encourage you today, this Mother's Day, I want to encourage you that this be your freedom day. That you really get free. What is it? Ask the Lord to show you because if you will, he'll show you. And he'll show you in a gentle way. 
He will not make you feel bad about it. Now, he may bring some conviction. He may bring it to your remembrance of what's happened, but he's not going to bust you one because it's happened. No, he's ready to love you and heal you. He's not trying to walk you through this to hurt you. The Lord is trying to lead you to freedom. And I believe one of the main keys to freedom is forgiveness. Would you consider today, just as we bow our heads in just a moment, just to genuinely ask the Lord, Lord, if I'm carrying that, I want to know it. Because I don't want to carry anything that I don't need to be carrying. I want to be free. Do you want to be free? When you pray for people who have hurt you, it's a choice. But there is healing in that for you. Bless and do not curse them means to speak well and not evil of them. That's what I did is I spoke evil when that person's not around. Unforgiveness always keeps score. It boasts of its own record. It complains. It has a martyr syndrome. You know, let me rephrase that as uh, entitled. Always entitled. You deserve this. They don't. It alienates, divides, and separates, and it is envious and jealous when someone else is blessed. I want to encourage you today to make a decision to start living a life of forgiveness and refuse to be offended. Refuse, rebuke, reject, resist, submit to God, resist the devil. You've got to wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle. You've got to wiggle. You remember your parents trying to grab you to spank you? That. Wiggle. Don't, don't run from God. Run from Satan. When offense wants to come, identify it. Process it. Talk to one another and get rid of it. Get rid of it. A forgiving lifestyle helps you become more like Christ. As you learn the importance of forgiveness and begin to practice forgiving others, your heart is going to be healed from bitterness. And you're going to grow in love and in joy. In joy. Amen. You guys stand up with me and I want to pray for you. As I bless you and as we just command the purpose and plan of God to be, to be in your life and as we look to get free from forgiveness, I just want to reiterate to you, our Wednesday night meals on Wednesday, 6.30, please come and just sit and just break bread with us. Nothing fancy, no curriculum, we're just being family. I also want to encourage you first-time guests that are here for the first time, we love you, we're so glad you're here. And it's not by some chance that you're here. It's not because Mother's Day you just came to mom. No, God knew you were going to be here today. And it is his desire to reach you. He's been looking for you. He's been waiting for you. Have you ever anticipated a birthday or a gift or something coming? The Lord has been anticipating this moment to speak to you, to love on you. You first-time guests, we want to meet with you out here at the coffee area. And mothers... We love you. Happy Mother's Day. Now let's get free. Father, in Jesus' name, I just command the purpose and plan of God over this church body. 
And Lord, I loose from heaven a spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of truth that we would not continue to lie to ourselves about that thing that we're hanging on to. And Lord, I pray for moments as we get together and as we walk through our day that you would bring force up those impediments like in gold, purifying gold, that as, as you bring those things to our minds, that we would let you skim them off. Just skim them right off the top. You can have them. I just pray for a spirit of forgiveness. And right now, we just release unforgiveness. Right now, I just command a spirit of forgiveness. A heart for Christ. That the love of God would just fill us. Thank you. Thank you for all the mothers. Lord, I pray that we get to the restaurants first before everybody. <laughs> and that moms be honored and blessed today. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we prayed. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen.